My name is Ben Greenfield, and on this episode of the Ben Greenfield Life Podcast. Royal Jelly also has a lot of amazing effects on the brain. So Royal Jelly is a super powerful nootropic. It contains these two fatty acids that are only naturally occurring in Royal Jelly. One's called 10-HDA. The other is called AMPN1 oxide, and they basically promote brain-derived nootropic factor. So, you know, Royal Jelly huh. is, it's used often for hormonal balance, it's used for longevity, but you see Royal Jelly being used very frequently in Western medicine for concussion, for athletes, really? anyone who's had brain injury. Oh yeah, big time, big time. Royal Jelly is incredible for the brain. It's also one of the only naturally occurring sources of acetylcholine, so really cool for brain health. And there was a study, I think it came out of University of Warsaw, and it was looking at how Royal Jelly actually improves your spatial reasoning. And so I use Royal Jelly kind of like as a productivity hack as well. So I'll use it, you know, before I record with you, or, you know, if I'm doing a ton of product research, and it really helps with focus memory concentration. Faith, family, fitness, health, performance, nutrition, longevity, ancestral living, biohacking, and a whole lot more. Welcome to the show. I've used it for years. It's one of my go-to nootropic blends because it's like brain food. It's vegan, it's non-GMO, supports focus and memory and mental energy. 28 research-backed nootropics packed into one teeny tiny bottle. If you've appreciated my work for the last seven years now, you can attribute a great deal of that to this nootropic. It's called Qualia Mind. Qualia Mind. It's fueled my brain for years now. And you feel it within days. I would say within hours after taking it. You can also try it with a 100% money-back guarantee and 15% off. Here's how. Go to neurohacker.com slash BGF and use code BGF at checkout. It's already up to 50% off. You get an extra 15% off the already discounted price and get to try it for 100 days with no financial risk, money-back guarantee, neurohacker.com, N-E-U-R-O, hacker.com slash BGF to try Qualia Mind and get an extra 15% off. How do you like that? I get laughed at, maybe because it's a little bit woo-woo, esoteric, invisible, whatever, but I use quantum energy. I pray over my food when I eat. I try and emanate positive emotions and feelings towards people. I do like little breath work and Tibetan longevity exercise moves to charge up my body with invisible energy. And yes, I even blast my home and my body with certain quantum energy products like necklaces and little boxes that I can use to charge up food. And I get this all from this company called Lila Q. Now, I realize that some quantum energy stuff is not provable by science, but Leela does have third-party studies revealing a remarkable 20 to 30% increase in ATP production, a vital process for cells. Quantum energy has over 59 studies already done and counting. These are randomized double-blind studies these folks are doing for blood quality and HRV optimization. I can't explain it, okay? I'm not going to sit here and pretend like I can explain how quantum energy would increase blood energy or blood quality could be placebo. I don't know. But all I can tell you is I wear their necklace. I use their products. I blast my home with their energy. And it's called Leela Q. I've got a podcast with them, a few, if you want to take a deeper dive. But you just go to the website. Check it out. It's kind of fun to surf around. And you know what? If anything, you're going to have some cool-looking conversation products at your house and hanging around your neck. I love them. 
Leela Q, L-E-E-L-A-Q.com. Use code Ben10 for 10% off. Leela Q.com. Use code Ben10 for 10% off. Hey, you want to spice things up in the bedroom and boost your sexual performance and do it naturally without nasty prescription drugs? Yeah, check out this stuff, Joy Mode. It's a powder. You put it in water, or if you're like me and you're a savage, you can dry powder into your mouth. Contains clinically supported doses of L-citrulline, arginine, yohimbine, and vitamin C. So after taking this stuff called their Sexual Performance Booster, again, by Joy Mode, your blood levels of arginine and yohimbine increase, and that directly promotes nitric oxide production, penile tissue relaxation, and increased drive. Well, the antioxidant action of vitamin C protects the nitric oxide from oxidative degradation, which then enhances the blood flow promoting activity of the nitric oxide. They thought of everything. They're super smart over at Joy Mode, and collectively, these effects enhance sex drive and blood flow naturally to the penis or to the clitoris. My wife takes it too. It's amazing. You get better orgasms, better blood flow. You can kiss nasty prescription medications goodbye and have natural guilt-free energy for boosting your sexual performance. You can get 20% off your first order from Joy Mode. How? Go to usejoymode.com slash greenfield. That's usejoymode.com slash greenfield. J-O-Y. Use joymode.com slash greenfield. They'll give you 20% off your first order. All right, folks. Uh, I actually had my morning smoothie about, gosh, like 45 minutes ago. And I did, yes, have liver in my smoothie and coconut milk and protein powder and all the usuals. But I top almost every single smoothie I have every morning with bee pollen. Matter of fact, tonight, I'm also going to have this wonderful Aura King salmon that I have up in the refrigerator right now, and that is going to get smeared with salt and dill and honey. And I'm constantly using bee products. I've learned a lot about bee products from what I've read in today's guest website and also from the products that she creates. Her name is Carly Kremer, and she has this company called Beekeepers Naturals. I've been like an addict on all their products uh, since I think 2017, which is close to when they started. And I believe I discovered you guys, Carly, I think it was like at Paleo FX. I'm pretty sure yep. you guys were presenters there. Back, remember Paleo it FX was. back in Austin? Yeah. Oh, so yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I had I my little cardboard sign. Uh-huh. Yeah. Like bee, pro, like bee superfood honey with propolis and royal jelly and all the stuff that you don't find in, in the usual honey. And I didn't really know, you know, any difference between you guys and a little plastic teddy bear full of honey that you get at the grocery store. But since that time, I've learned a lot. And me and my family use your guys' stuff nearly every day. I mean, down to the point where I'm like squirting your nasal spray and, and uh, spraying your throat spray in my mouth when I'm on airplanes. And so... I just am fascinated with this whole idea of harvesting really healthy stuff from bees while taking good care of bees and the planet. And I think you guys have cracked the code on that. So I want to talk all things bees if you're game. Unless you're sick of talking about bees. (laughs) Never. My favorite subject always. Okay, good. I'm glad to hear it because I'm going to ask you a lot of questions about bees. How did you get started in all this? So I started beekeeping when I was in college and it really started out of necessity. I have an autoimmune condition. I was always sick. Nothing worked. And I was abroad in Europe. I did a semester abroad. I had very severe tonsillitis where I was like having trouble breathing, the whole thing. Um, Because I can't take antibiotics, getting sick with something like that's a little more complicated for me. 
this pharmacist in Florence in Italy gave me propolis and I started using it. I had no idea what it was. Most of us only know honey and aren't, you know, at least at that time, we're not as familiar with propolis. And I made a full recovery in five days. So propolis basically functioned in my body the way antibiotics do for most people. Hmm. First time in 21 years that something just worked for me. So after that experience, I started beekeeping, not thinking about starting a company just to help myself stay well. And I started, I was in college and I was um, a TA for my chemistry class at the time. So I just had time and access to a lab and all this stuff. And so I basically started engineering a product line before I knew what I was doing and just kind of fell madly in love with the benefits, the bees and, you know, felt and feel really strongly about sharing the unbelievable nutrient, nutritious superfoods that come from the hive. So you got into beekeeping. Was the beekeeping gig just you could get like a bunch of free propolis or something? It was literally because I started. So when I came back to North America, I I could find a lot of honey, a lot of Manuka honey, but I was having a really hard time finding propolis. And I finally found it at this farmer's market. And I am super sensitive, like trace amounts of pesticides will really affect me. And so I found this propolis at a farmer's market. It was certified organic, all the things. I took it and I had a really severe allergic reaction. And so I ran a toxicity panel on the product and I realized there were trace amounts of pesticides. And it's really murky with bee products, if you think about it, even if they're certified organic. So just think about this. You put a hive on certified organic land. These aren't like cattle. They're not going to stay put. They'll fly. And, you know, the max foraging distance is, you know, they'll forage for like a five-mile radius. So that's pretty far. So if the neighbors are doing something dirty... It can get into the end product, and even if it's certified organic, it's not necessarily clean and pesticide-free. And so after I did a bunch of research pretty much out of necessity on bee products and how they're classified, I was like, okay, great. I have two options. I move to Europe and get bee products there where they've banned certain pesticides that are not banned in North America, or I start beekeeping myself, run quality control, do it that way, and that was what I did. So when you started beekeeping, you were working for somebody else. You didn't just buy all your own bees, right? No. So I became an apprentice. And at that time, I was a student. That's kind of how I was doing it. And then I ended up after college, I really wanted to start this bee product company, but I had a lot of debt. And uh, I went into finance and I was doing that for a few years. I I started in uh, biotech research. So that kind of had my scientific slant. And then I ended up a trader at Goldman Sachs. And I left that end of 2016 to build my company and haven't really looked back. So that's kind of how it happened. But I I was apprenticing as a beekeeper. And then even when I was working at Goldman, I mean, I was an analyst and like working crazy hours, so I didn't have capacity. But the beekeeping operation that I had apprenticed for, I would harvest products from them and then do extractions and basically create products in my studio apartment and then sell them at farmer's markets. Okay, got it. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm thinking about this idea of the pesticides and herbicides and the bee products because I don't I don't fully understand how you get around that. I mean, you know, I'm I'm working on a farm in Idaho right now that I'm building, and I'm having to get like a memorandum of understanding from the neighbors to plant all these cover crops on the boundary to be able to do soil remediation on the potential of runoff into my well and onto my property from glyphosate and herbicides and pesticides. Mm-hmm that are up above me. And I can only imagine like if you're trying to manage thousands of bees without any clue where they're going, that 
there's got to be some kind of a way that you can do it. But but how do you actually tackle that? Yeah. So Ben, it's really hard. And it's what we have set up is one of the things that I am the most proud of with this company because we've we've been able to set up a sustainable regenerative supply chain. So as this company grows, sustainable beekeeping grows with it. And so we now have a network of sustainable beekeepers working internationally supporting this company. And then we've been able to find these kind of smaller scale, hippy dippy, if you will, sustainable beekeepers and really scale their operation. So here's how it works. You know, all of our operations take place in the United States. Very little product comes from the U.S. We're working in geographies that are very remote, middle of nowhere, and we're working in geographies that, for the most part, have different pesticide regulation than we have in North America. So, you know, a lot of our pollen right now is coming from Spain. Um, we do quite a bit of work in Brazil. We do some work in Canada, where we're looking at Ukraine right now as a potential part of some a beekeeping operation out there as potential partners. And how it works every time we bring on a new partner. We do a full audit. So we're looking at everything from their beekeeping practices to pesticide exposure. We basically make sure they're in either a remote enough area or an area that has remote and has a ton of foliage and mixed wildlife, or they're in a geography where there is pesticide regulation and a ban on neonicotinoids. And then what we do for all of our product is we third-party pesticide test. So it comes back to North America. We have a lab in North America we work with. We test for every pesticide toxin and pollutant in accordance with Health Canada, which is actually even more rigorous. Um, and then we make our products. So it's it's quite the operation, but it's been really cool because wow. we can continue making products at scale that we totally stand behind that people like me can take. And we get to support people who are creating a healthier system for bees. Yeah, I guess it's pretty unlikely some bee in Spain is going to wind up on a farm in Iowa because that's a <laughs> long ways to go. So that, that and makes sense. And we have so, the third-party pesticide test to like bench, oh. you know, safeguard it. So you know, if, if something were to come back in a way that wasn't in line with our values, we wouldn't use that product, and we create contracts around that. Okay, cool. Okay, so now I understand it's not even coming from the states. You guys are just based out of the states. That makes a lot better sense. Now, now this uh, yeah. this propolis. That's very interesting that you said that about how you were able to use it as an antibiotic. Can you explain how mm -hmm. that actually works? Yeah. So propolis is a really interesting substance. A lot of people don't know what it is. It's it's basically the substance the bees use to line their hive and keep it germ-free. You can think of it as the immune system of the hive. Without it, the bees would literally die. Um, it comes from plant and tree resins. So the bees will collect plant and tree resins. Think of like sap. It's the protective properties and the immuno properties of the plant itself being combined with bee resins and bee secretion. So a really powerful substance. It's been used for thousands of years. It was kind of like used before the advent of antibiotics. Like in the Borowar, they used it to dress wounds. The Assyrians would drink it to reduce fever. In the 17th century, in the London Pharmacopedia, it was listed as an official drug. And so propolis for humans, it's anti-inflammatory, it's antifungal, it's antimicrobial, it's antibacterial. So it's just a really powerful substance to support overall immune health. I use it every single day just for immune health, but really high in antioxidants. A lot of really interesting benefits for gut health as well. Um, Something that's kind of cool about propolis that I feel like a lot of people don't realize is it contains um, it contains something called cape, 
which is a polyphenol that has antimicrobial effects. So it can kill the bad bacteria, but it actually supports the good bacteria in your gut. So propolis is, you know, a very unique substance that's able to get in there, kill the bad stuff, but help the good stuff flourish. So in terms of like how it affects the microbiome, super unique. Almost like a selective antibiotic. That's really interesting. I've heard something similar about oil of oregano, how, how it won't really nuke the natural biome in the body, but it can have some really good antibacterial action. Now, now the propolis, how do you actually get it out of the out of the hive? Like, how do you harvest it? Is it like a liquid or a solid or, or how is it actually done? It's this like sticky amber colored substance. And we, like everything, have our own method of harvesting. So a lot of people, they'll typically scrape it off the hive walls, which isn't necessarily bad. The bees are producing tons of propolis at all times. But it's a little invasive. It's just like you're getting into the bees' living room and space and sticking tools in there. So what we do, and I, my first mentor was a third-generation beekeeper from Romania who was like also a retired biochemist. He had so many innovative ways. So you know, I didn't come up with this. I I learned this from him. But we would put what we do is we take a mesh sheet and we put it in the top of the hive. And when the bees see these holes. They're like, oh my gosh, a hole, germs can get in, let's seal it up with propolis. So they seal it up with propolis, and then we take the mesh out, pop the propolis out, and that's what we harvest. And that way, the hive has, you know, more than enough propolis for itself, and we're not, like, getting in there and scraping around so the bees can have their healthy, natural habitat. And then once you have your propolis, do you just kind of, like, stir that back into the honey? So we have, we have a honey product that has propolis in it. And that one we do, it's called our, our, um, superfood honey. I know that's like, that's that's my my favorite honey. It's, it's, uh, it's like you open, I like the top when you open the lid and it's got all the stuff on the top of it, like the dark yellow substance. I, I have to admit, I selfishly enough like to be the first person to open the jar of the (laughs) superfood honey because I get, I get all those goodies at the top. I get it. I'm the same way. And not to take us on a crazy tangent here, but then that honey got my husband and I pregnant. I like swear oh, by tell. this. It's okay. So uh, uh, first of all, we're, we're going to come with a new, new sex lube honey product. Is that what we're talking about <laughs> or something different? A little different, a little different. Okay. We're looking at the fertility stuff, but this okay. is just a really, so really interesting story. And it is backed up by science and I'll give you that in a sec, but I, so my kryptonite, like I'm a pretty healthy person, but I have like a real sugar addiction. Like I'm, I'm one of these people that eats the like healthy sweets and the gluten-free cookies, but I'll eat like a, a row of Oreos. It's really, really bad. And so that came to a head and I did a gut map and I had really bad candida. And so I went on like a hard candida cut and I cut out most sugar. I still had some. So, you know, and and a lot of our products, by the way, are ketogenic. So like our propolis has zero sugar in it. Our bee pollen, bee pollen's really low sugar. And so a lot of people who are in ketosis anyways take those products. But I I went really hardcore and I typically take our bee powered, our superfood honey every day. And it's called superfood honey. That's its old name. I typically take that every day. So I stopped taking it for a while. I stopped taking it. And this is right at the time my husband and I are trying to get pregnant. Nothing's happening. I finally reintroduced the honey and I got pregnant pretty much right away. I reintroduced the honey for three weeks. My ovulation window hit. I had a work trip. So we weren't even like peak ovulation days. We were day five. It was one time I left the next day for a business trip. I was pregnant. And so 
that was just, you know, my experience. But then looking at the science, royal, je- royal jelly has hormone balancing effects. And, you know, studies in rats have multiple studies in rats have shown that it improves follicle growth in ovaries. And then there's also been animal studies in men showing that royal male animals, not men, in male animals, showing that royal jelly can improve sperm motility and quality. So really interesting situation there. And then there was a recent study, this isn't related to fertility, but I want to mention it because I think this is such an important thing that science does not spend enough time looking at, um, postmenopausal women. Menopause, I have not reached that point yet, but we have a lot of customers who you know inform us on all of their health um, situations and menopause is, it can be pretty, it sounds like it can be pretty intense. And I came across a really interesting study looking at 200 women and they basically gave half the group a thousand milligrams of royal jelly every day. And then the other half's a placebo. And they looked at 11 or more measures of menopause symptoms. So everything from brain fog to night sweats, to depression and hot flashes, to sleep disorders, And the group that was taking a thousand milligrams of royal jelly every day had almost complete symptom resolution in eight weeks. Oh, wow. That's amazing. You're, you're, you're going to, you're going to keep a lot of, uh, you're going to keep a lot of adult male animals sane with this advice. This is, this is very interesting. (laughs) I I mean, this is so important because like people don't talk about postmenopause, but anyways, um, I am pregnant and I'm taking the royal jelly and feeling wow. great about it. So yeah, I had that experience. Congratulations. You're going to have a baby who I'm Thank sure you. is going to love, absolutely love honey. Um, but, but the, <laughs> the Royal jelly is different than the, than the other stuff you're talking about in the propolis, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So we're working with all of the different sort of more nuanced medicinal grade substances that come from the hive. So we work with honey, of course, but we're going beyond honey. We're working with propolis, Royal jelly, pollen, Anything that comes from the beehive is like our specialty. So, you know, we work a lot with those those three, and then we'll make different products and add different science-based natural ingredients as we go to kind of perfect oh. our formulas. Now, now, what is the royal jelly? So royal jelly, you can kind of think of it as um, like the colostrum of the hive. So royal jelly, it's a secretion from the nurse bees. And for newborn baby bees, for the first three to five days of development, they're fed royal jelly. So it's like breastfeeding essentially. And then something that's really cool in the hive. So after three to five days of their royal jelly diet, these bees transition off onto a more normal bee diet of honey and pollen. And the only bee who stays on her exclusive royal jelly diet is the queen bee. And, you know, regular bees don't have reproductive organs. The queen bee very much has reproductive organs and lays, you know, over a thousand babies a day. So royal jelly in the hive is creating huge biological differences as well. And then, you know, seeing these early animal findings is really cool. Is it in that gut product? You guys sent me these capsules and I think they have propolis in them. It's like this immune capsule. Yeah. But it's for gut support as well. I've been popping them before a meal. But, it, you know, if the royal jelly is kind of like the bees version of the colostrum, a lot of people use colostrum for uh, for, for a leaky gut or, or permeable gut lining. Mm-hmm. Is that why you include it in this digestive or immune support product, these little capsules that you have? So that product, that one does not have royal jelly in it. That one has propolis, though. So royal jelly totally has gut-supporting effects, but propolis, when looking at humans, has the most research in terms of how it supports the microbiome. So we know propolis is incredible for immune health, 
so many studies there. Even, you know, a study just came out of Sonora University. Um, it's looking at antibiotic resistant strains of bacteria and it found that propolis was effective. So now they're looking at it, propolis could be effective against MRSA, which is really cool. So propolis is like an immune system superhero, but it has really powerful effects on the gut. So that's why we created this complete gut health formula that has a spore based probiotic. It has a postbiotic. We put tributrate in there. Postbiotics, I think, are so important, and people are kind of just learning about them. And then propolis, because propolis has the cape in there. So that's that polyphenol I mentioned that is really amazing at killing the bad stuff and helping the good bacteria flourish. So that's just a really important thing. And then really cool study has found that propolis has the ability to improve tight junctions, which is the glue between our intestinal cells. So when those aren't intact, that's when we can get leaky gut or inflamed gut. And propolis has been shown to actually help heal leaky gut. So propolis is really effective for supporting gut health. And then it's also a prebiotic. So that's why our gut health formula, we've got the prebiotic, the probiotic, and the postbiotic. So we've got all three there to kind of create the, the perfect combo. And then the cape and propolis helps support the probiotics effect. Yeah. Now, now based on this idea of... I guess maybe like supports like, or, you know, microdosing with something someone's allergic to, to eventually wean them off of that allergy. Do you think there's something to this idea of using, I guess, honey, or maybe you would know better propolis or something like that. If you have an allergy, if you have a kid with a, with a bee allergy. And one reason I ask is yeah, I, I got stung. It wasn't a bee. It was a wasp uh, last week when I was taking part in a scavenger hunt out in the streets up in uh, far north Washington. I had nothing on me, but back at my house, or the house I was staying at, I, I had your your bee propolis supplement, and I just took a massive amount of that, theorizing it might help. I don't know if it did, uh, but that was my theory. And I thought, gosh, I should ask Carly about this, like if any of these products could actually help make you less allergic to bees, or if you got stung, whether applied topically or taken orally, could help with something like that. So... Bee, bee products, so bee venom, the, that getting stung or wasp venom, bee products won't necessarily help with that specific allergy, but propolis does reduce the histamine response. So anything that you have a histamine response to, propolis is going to help your body to kind of defend against that. And then this is kind of interesting with bee pollen. And look, I think microdosing with an allergen is case by case, you know, allergies are so case specific. So for some people, microdosing with an allergen would be way too intense, but for some people it's great. But anyways, there's this really interesting study and it was basically looking at pollen and how it protects mast cells when histamine is released. And basically what happened in this study, and it was an animal study, it was looking at releasing histamine from the mast cells, which was induced by a serum. So injected the animal with the serum that induced that response. And um, it was inhibited, like the allergic response was inhibited by pollen in 62% of the animals. So mm. that's really promising and exciting. And I know that a lot of people, we have a ton of customers that do use pollen to help support allergic response. I always say propolis is your first stop for that. Just because, again, like depending on sensitivity levels, but there have been studies both looking at propolis and pollen to help support with that, which is really cool. But pollen yeah, okay. also has so many more benefits. Like I, for me, when I think allergies, I definitely recommend propolis. And then in my mind, pollen is more like 
a natural super bioavailable multivitamin. Oh yeah. And it tastes much better on like smashed avocado toast or in a smoothie, put the pollen does. I actually want to ask you a little bit more about pollen just because I eat so darn much of it, you know, and and I know it's really good for you, but I want to hear a little bit more about, about, about the pollen. But the one other thing I wanted to ask you about the allergy piece was whether you've heard of bee venom therapy. And the reason I asked this is last time I was in Sedona, the Airbnb I was staying at, the guy who owned it was a bee venom therapy practitioner. I mean, leave it to Sedona to, to have all these, you know, crazy therapists who do all these weird things with crystals and magic and now apparently mm-hmm. bees. But he laid me on a table and I was there for like two hours. This guy, his name was Andrew. He had a, a bee, like a cage full of bees. And he would cover my certain parts of my body with these bees and they would sting me and he'd like pull the stingers out. Did he put a mesh over you and have the bee sting through the mesh or he pulled, he was letting the bees well, sting you and know, pulling it out? I'm not quite sure if he was like taking the stingers out of the bees and like ap- applying them to my skin. Uh, I, you know, I, I was kind of just like laying there with my eyes closed, breathing through it the entire time and a little bit nervous because all I could hear behind me was every time he'd reach into or open the cage of bees, they'd make a really loud buzzing sound. I'd felt my heart rate go up and I'd kind of breathe myself back down. And the stings weren't mm-hmm. incredibly painful, but you felt like this mild tingling stinging sensation every time he'd apply them to the mm-hmm. skin. And I, I don't know if this is anything you ever looked into or if you're familiar with, but I'd love to hear it your is. thoughts on it. I took on a it, course so. in BVT. Yeah. Okay. T- tell me um, about it. Okay. Okay. So bee venom therapy is fascinating. There there's a huge community of people with Lyme disease who are having like unbelievable resolution. Actually, a friend of mine, her Instagram's called the Heal Hive. She's a she had you know severe Lyme disease and is 110 percent recovered and is just a big advocate for this stuff. So anyone who wants to learn more, she's a great resource. Um, but yeah, a lot of people are having great effects with that. And then in other cultures, so one of my mentors, he runs a clinic in Romania where they're doing all kinds of things with bee products. They're looking at bee venom therapy. They're looking at um, potential, studying potential anti-cancerous properties of bee venom. There's a compound in bee venom called melton, uh, which could be really effective. And then they're doing like intravenous propolis, really, really cool stuff. They're looking at intravenous propolis for autoimmune disease like MS, Um, all kinds of inflammatory uh, conditions. So really exciting. But with bee venom therapy, you have to be really careful. You don't know what's going to trigger an allergic response. I've seen situations. Yeah, I've seen situations where somebody's doing bee venom therapy for, you know, some period of time, feeling great, and then they develop an allergy to it. So it's something that can be unbelievable, but needs to be done with guidance. Um, and there's a lot of great resources. So I think it's really amazing. I was taught to do it, of course, in a sustainable way. So how you do that, when bees sting human skin, it rips out their stinger and kills the bees. When you take a piece of mesh and you put it over your skin and then sting through the mesh, it actually allows the bee to continue living. It doesn't rip out their abdomen. And this is just like something that I think is a very endearing fact about bees. Mm -hmm. Bees can sting other creatures and not die, but if they sting humans, they die. Their stingers are barbed and not meant for our skin. And so while wasps can sting many times, um, bees cannot. So if you are practicing BBT, ask about the mesh sheet, and that's just like a more sustainable way to do it. But first and foremost, definitely do it under guidance of a professional because it can be amazing and it, it can be serious. Yeah. Well, first, I, now that you're saying this, I don't think he used the mesh because he gave me 
a little cup full of deceased bees, sadly deceased bees, that uh, he instructed me to go and do a ceremony over later on. And uh, my wife and I actually went on a hike later on, and I put them on the ground and and said a thank you to the bees and prayed that they're they're uh, they'd go on to a better bee place. Or I, I said something nice about the bees, a little ceremony. But yeah, the bees died. And uh, yeah. I can also tell you that that night we went to dinner and I was on fire, super talkative, felt like my sympathetic nervous system was ramped up. And apparently there's some kind of an immune system regulation that occurs. Um, well, bee products are immunomodulatory agents. So that's why, you know, someone like me who's autoimmune, bee products have been specifically for me, propolis has been life-changing. Like I have, com- I have really transformed my immune system using propolis daily, which is really cool. I've used it for years. It's one of my go-to nootropic blends because it's like brain food. It's vegan. It's non-GMO. Supports focus and memory and mental energy. 28 research-backed nootropics packed into one teeny tiny bottle. If you've appreciated my work for the last seven years now, you can attribute a great deal of that to this nootropic. It's called Qualia Mind. Qualia Mind. It's fueled my brain for years now. And you feel it within days. I would say within hours after taking it. You can also try it with a 100% money back guarantee and 15% off. Here's how. Go to neurohacker.com slash BGF and use code BGF at checkout. It's already up to 50% off. You get an extra 15% off the already discounted price and get to try it for 100 days with no financial risk, money back guarantee, Neurohacker. Dot com n-e-u-r-o hacker.com slash bgf to try qualia mind and get an extra 15 percent off how do you like that i get laughed at maybe because it's a little bit woo woo esoteric invisible whatever but i use quantum energy i pray over my food when i eat i try and emanate positive emotions and feelings towards people i do like little breath work and tibetan longevity exercise moves to charge up my body with invisible energy and yes i even blasts my home and my body with certain quantum energy products like necklaces and little boxes that I can use to charge up food. And I get this all from this company called Leela Q. Now I realize that some quantum energy stuff is not provable by science, but Leela does have third-party studies revealing a remarkable 20 to 30% increase in ATP production, a vital process for cells. Quantum energy has over 59 studies already done and counting These are randomized double-blind studies these folks are doing for blood quality and HRV optimization. I can't explain it, okay? I'm not going to sit here and pretend like I can explain how quantum energy would increase blood energy or blood quality. Could be placebo. I don't know, but all I can tell you is I wear their necklace. I use their products. I blast my home with their energy. And it's called Leela Q. I've got a podcast with them, a few, if you want to take a deeper dive. But you just go to the website. Check it out. It's kind of fun to surf around. And you know what? If anything, you're going to have some cool-looking conversation products at your house and hanging around your neck. I love them. Leela Q, L-E-E-L-A-Q.com. Use code Ben10 for 10% off. LeelaQ.com. Use code Ben10 for 10% off. Hey, you want to spice things up in the bedroom and boost your sexual performance and do it naturally without nasty prescription drugs? You got to check out this stuff, Joy Mode. It's a powder. You put it in water or if you're like me and you're a savage, you can dry powder into your mouth. Contains clinically supported doses of L-citrulline, arginine, yohimbine, and vitamin C. So after taking this stuff called their Sexual Performance Booster, again by Joy Mode, 
your blood levels of arginine and your hemobene increase, and that directly promotes nitric oxide production, penile tissue relaxation, and increased drive. Well, the antioxidant action of vitamin C protects the nitric oxide from oxidative degradation, which then enhances the blood flow promoting activity of the nitric oxide. They thought of everything. They're super smart over at Joy Mode, and collectively, these effects enhance sex drive and blood flow naturally to the penis or to the clitoris. My wife takes it too. It's amazing. You get better orgasms, better blood flow. You can kiss nasty prescription medications goodbye and have natural guilt-free energy for boosting your sexual performance. You can get 20% off your first order from Joy Mode. How? Go to usejoymode.com slash greenfield. That's usejoymode.com slash greenfield. J-O-Y. Use joymode.com slash greenfield. They'll give you 20% off your first order. Now, what about the pollen? Um, you know, th- this is the stuff that, of course, people will have at the health food store. Or they'll sprinkle in their smoothies. Or like I said, it's, again, fantastic on avocado toast. But tell me about the pollen and, and the benefits of it. Yeah. So I am obsessed with pollen. Just to say, like, I use pollen every day as well. And I one of the reasons I love pollen, and people don't realize this, it's the most bioavailable, complete multivitamin you can get. Like, forget any capsule. Pollen has B vitamins, minerals, free-forming amino acids, antioxidants, and protein. There's actually more protein per weight than any animal source. And that's per weight, obviously, and pollen's small. But um, it's just a really cool, nourishing, nutritive substance. So I love pollen. You don't need much, you know, especially with if you're using our pollen. Our pollen's raw. And it's coming from wildflower apiary, so it's quite potent. So all you really need is a teaspoon. Like, you really don't need much at all. But pollen's really cool. Um, it demonstrates a series of actions, like it's antifungal, antimicrobial, anti- antiviral, anti-inflammatory. It's actually a hepatoprotective agent, which is really cool. So it has protective effects for your liver. Mm. It's being studied for anti-cancerous results. It's immunostimulating. So, you know, a lot of really cool stuff. Um, One study on pollen that I just think is so interesting, and this was a pretty big study. So they looked at, you know, a ton, they did this with a ton of rats and um, they basically poisoned these rats and unambiguously showed the detoxifying action of pollen. So these rats were actually poisoned and then the pollen lowered the level of poison in their blood. Is it acting as a bioremediant, like activated charcoal or chlorella or something. And the reason I asked that also is because that would then kind of indicate you wouldn't want to take a bunch of other supplements with it because it might soak those up too or something. Yeah. So I need to look back at the study and I'll send it to you so you can you know share this with your audience. But I don't believe it was acting in that way. And I don't know that it would act that way just because pollen is so nutrient dense and has so many different vitamins and minerals, but I'll, I'll send you the study so you can share it. Um, but I always take pollen with other things. Like I usually put it with food or take it with a smoothie. And that's typically the way that it's consumed, you know, general convention. So I don't know that it has those kind of effects where you want to take it on its own, but I'll, I'll share that study and I'll get back to you on that. Well, for me, it's like crack. Like I mentioned, I put it in smoothies, I'll put it on avocados or avocado toast. And then I like to eat it by the spoonful with little chunks of dark chocolate stirred into it. But I actually wanted to ask you too. I'm like, gosh, I wonder if Carly has a couple other uses of pollen because I just, I love it so much. I've always got it in the fridge. So anything else you like to do with the pollen? So any way that you would use 
chia seeds, hemp seeds, anything like that, I use pollen. So I put it like you do on avocado toast. I honestly put it on everything. Um, for me, a big thing is after a workout, pollen really helps with muscle recovery. It's got the free farming amino acids. I'll take some of it. And then you also see a lot of people using it before a workout. And there was actually a study, um, a human study looking at Eastern European competitive athletes. And it found that those who took pollen before activity had increased endurance. And that's because when you take pollen, it increases your blood hemoglobin value. So it basically helped to oxygenate the tissue. So another just cool way to use pollen is just like shoot it before a workout or mix it into your pre-workout. Um, something that's kind of interesting about pollen that's happening right now. So I do not know if you are a big TikToker, Ben. No, I, I, I've been avoiding it, but go ahead. Yeah, totally fair. I get that. But there have been all these TikToks talking about how pollen affects boobs. And all of these girls that are taking pollen and sharing, you know, their boobs changing, getting bigger, I suppose. And so that's just been like a cool trend to follow. I have not seen a human study on that. Now, you know, <laughs> we're kind of early in, in human studies on this stuff generally, but I haven't seen a study. But I do know that bee pollen contains um, phytosterols which can help to regulate hormones and has shown mild activity on estrogen receptors. So it's not totally crazy. Mm. And I just That's like pollen as well, because it has, again, like some of these other bee products, that really nice balancing effect on hormones. But more than anything, pollen for me, it's like my multivitamin. It's just kind of like a protective nourishing substance. And um, yeah, it's something that I take pretty much every day. Yeah, propolis for babies and pollen for boobs. There you have it. You, you might have just made a bunch of guys nervous, though, about getting gynecomastia <laughs> or something from pollen. I don't imagine you'd see so, over-aromatization over or excess estrogen in males, would no. you? No. My, I mean, my husband takes pollen every day. Almost every pro athlete, like we have a lot of pro athletes that are customers just because of the endurance effects and the BCAAs in pollen. So I haven't seen that. I've been using pollen for years. I haven't been like closely monitoring my boobs in that way. Um, and again, there's not a single, I haven't seen a single human study that specifically talks about breast growth, but again, it has, you know, it has a hormone balancing effect and maybe in an environment that we live in with a lot of toxicity, it's helping to kind of balance that and help the body regulate. But law, I would, I would say like of our pollen customer base, um, it's pretty 50-50 men and women. And again, a lot of like pro athletes that have been using this for years and my husband is boobless. So <laughs> I'm not too worried. You mentioned that you could use them in the same way that you'd use chia seeds. You know, chia seeds will expand in water mm -hmm. and make this nice gel if you mix them with water or bone broth or juice or coconut water, for example, which is fantastic. Do you know if pollen will, will create a, a gel if you soak it? Um, a little bit. I've put it in water and made like, you know, I've put it, mixed it with water, creatine, that sort of thing before a workout. It's, it's not really a gel, but it, it's, it softens quite a bit, but I put it in smoothies. I like pollen a lot because it's, it's, it's kind of more savory. And so it just pairs really nicely with different foods. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll put it like, you know, my little brother, if I'm making him like a PB and J, I'll like low key pour pollen in. So oh, yeah. I'm, I'm sneaking it in everything. Yeah. And yeah, it's just a, a really nourishing food. And then for the babies, that one is actually the royal jelly, not the propolis. The propolis is what you want for immune health and gut health. That's like your go-to. Um, something else that is really cool about royal jelly, that's the one that I think got me pregnant that has the studies on fertility. 
Royal Jelly also has a lot of amazing effects on the brain. So Royal Jelly is a super powerful nootropic. It contains these two fatty acids that are only naturally occurring in Royal Jelly. One's called 10-HDA. The other is called AMPN1-oxide, and they basically promote brain-derived nootropic factor. So, you know, Royal Jelly huh. is, it's used often for hormonal balance. It's used for longevity, but you see Royal Jelly being used very frequently in Western medicine for concussion, for athletes, really? anyone who's had brain injury. Oh yeah, big time, big time. Um, I used it for my concussion. Our, our um, brain fuel product, we have this shot and it's got Royal Jelly, Bacopa Monnieri, and Kinkopaloba. That was literally formulated for my co-founder after he had a ski injury and had a very, very severe knocked unconscious concussion situation. Um, so Royal Jelly is incredible for the brain. It's also one of the only naturally occurring sources of acetylcholine. So really cool for brain health. And there was a study, um, I think it came out of University of Warsaw, and it was looking at how Royal Jelly actually improves your spatial reasoning. And so I use Royal Jelly kind of like as a productivity hack as well. Um, so I'll use it, you know, before I record with you or, you know, if I'm doing a ton of product research and it really helps with focus memory concentration. Yeah, that that is super interesting about the BDNF precursor aspects of it and also the, the choline uh, uh, contained in the royal jelly because mm -hmm. choline, I think of that as like a fuel for the brain. So it's interesting to call your product brain fuel. Yeah. But I tell a lot of people using smart drugs, nootropics, even hefty amounts of, say, like caffeine or nicotine, anything that's shoving your brain into overdrive, choline precursors like eggs and walnut and fish as a regular part of the diet are important, as would be supplementing with something like phosphatidylcholine or cytocholine. But I actually didn't know that royal jelly was a rich source of choline. So that's very good to know. And then, you know, I just interviewed a couple of weeks ago the author of the book DNA Way, Kashif Khan, on my podcast. And we talked about how me and my sons and many other people they actually have a genetic SNP that naturally reduces BDNF production. And this is one reason. I've known this for years. This is why I and I encourage my sons to also. We do regular infrared sauna. We use lion's mane extract. Aerobic exercise is also good for BDNF. But now I suppose I could add royal jelly into that equation. That's very totally. interesting. Yeah, You should absolutely be including royal jelly into that mix. I love lion's mane, by the way. Um, we, have a lot of, we have a lot of customers that will do a kind of tonic with lion's mane and then throw in a scoop of our superfood honey because that superfood honey, you've, you're getting 745 milligrams of royal jelly, so you're getting a good dose. And then our brain fuel shots are great because you're also getting the two adaptogens. You're getting the Bacopa monnieri and the Ginkgo biloba. So both plant-based nootropics, you know, help to modulate the stress response, help with focus memory concentration. So that's like a nice kind of on the go if you need to sort of turn the lights on. That's another one too that before a sporting event, we see a lot of people taking the brain shots. Yeah. And a lot of people, of course, are concerned about honey and its impact on the glycemic index. I don't think you'll mm -hmm. ever, ever make a keto honey, but it's interesting because I actually researched this and looked into it. There's even an article on my website about honey that folks can find. Maybe I'll link to it in the show notes, but it actually like, like a, a good honey seems to actually have a positive impact when taken in moderation on glycemic mm -hmm. index and insulin sensitivity. And I don't know if that's the polyphenols or the flavanols present in the honey, which we know can cause improved insulin sensitivity or if it's some other aspect. Uh, and I don't think these studies are even done on a superfood honey, like the one with the propolis and the 
royal jelly, et cetera. Yeah, like I was yours. just going to say that yeah. when you add the propolis, pollen, and royal jelly, it's like a whole other level as well. Yeah, we actually selected honey as the sweetener that we use in the Keon Energy Bar for those reasons. We looked at a lot of different sweeteners and we wanted something that wasn't a sugar alcohol that could cause stomach upset. Mm-hmm. We wanted something that was going to be a good, stable uh, energy compound that wasn't going to cause big blood glucose spikes. And that was the one that we settled on. Now, and of course, I also use honey, like I mentioned, quite a bit in my cooking. For example, I've been putting on fish. You know, I love this whole uh, Jesus Christ that. approach to cooking, right? Use use honey and fish and really good sourdough bread, just like the New Testament. And mm-hmm. uh, the honey, a lot of times I'll smear fish with like uh, the Primal Kitchen uh, aioli or mayonnaise. And then I'll put honey mm-hmm. on top of that, like drizzle honey on top of it, a little bit of salt, uh, often I'll save the dill for later because the dill seems to burn a little bit in the oven if you, if you get it up super hot. Then I'll broil that or bake it. Yeah. But obviously, we're talking about mm-hmm. temperatures in excess of 350. Do you think that if yeah. I'm cooking with honey, I should save it for later if I want to keep all the nutrient status? Or, or how resistant is something like the superfood honey to, a, to, a, to an oven bake? So first of all, when you're putting that dill on, sprinkle some bee pollen as well. So good. Oh, yeah. um, but... To answer your question, so anytime you're applying heat, you're going to kill off some of the enzymes. That's, you know, that's with anything. But to pasteurize honey, you're literally boiling it and you're boiling it for a long duration of time, um, much higher heat than what you're going to be baking with. So you're still getting a ton of benefits cooking that in the oven. You're, you're totally fine to do that. I mean, for me with, with the superfood honey, I'll take a teaspoon of it or I'll, I'll let my tea or whatever my drink is. Um, I'll let the heat come down a little bit the same way I do with green tea, but you're still getting so many benefits. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't worry about that. And honey is what I use in baking. And to the point about glycemic index, a hundred percent, right. I really actually was not, I did really well with the candida cleanse that I did because I was cutting out all these refined sugars but I've now learned that I will never again in my life cut out a high quality honey. It just adds so much to your health. It really affected my sleep. So honey is a great way to hack your sleep, taking like a little teaspoon of honey. And of course, I'm talking about a good quality honey. I'm talking about a raw honey, a pesticide free honey. I'm not talking about the pasteurized squeezy bear. So having a really high quality honey, a little bit of sea salt, it really helps you sleep through the night. It helps to, um, basically settle your glycogen stores. So you're not having yeah. that like wake up in the night crash. And then honey actually also helps you calm down. It creates this slow, steady spike in insulin, which helps the tryptophan in your body cross the blood brain barrier and be converted into serotonin and then melatonin at night. So honey is just a really great thing to incorporate. You know, like all of these bee products, the, the most powerful in terms of antifungal, anti antifungal, antiviral, antimicrobial is going to be propolis. Like if you're looking for immune, that's propolis. If you're looking for gut, that's propolis. If you're looking for um, brain, fertility, that's royal jelly. If you're looking for multivitamins, nourishment, muscle growth, um, if you're looking for metabolism regulation, that's bee pollen. And then honey, it has, you know, honey has trace amounts of all of these things. So It's a really nourishing substance, really high in antioxidants. It is the only food on the planet that never expires. So that's a huge testament to its enzymes. Just, you know, think about that. It it never expires. They found honey in Egyptian tombs that was nutritionally intact. So anything that has an enzyme content and quality like that is going to be an incredible thing for your body. 
Yeah, and I think I spoke incorrectly a few minutes ago. I said the propolis for the babies. It's the royal jelly for the babies, uh, like mm -hmm. Carly just noted. That's the one for fertility. And by the way, the honey with salt for the for the slow release of carbohydrates and the minerals, I absolutely agree. I think also, and this is, I think I even wrote about this in my cookbook, that adding collagen or gelatin or essential amino acids into that mix as well gives you like a threefold component for sleep support. So basically it's honey, sea salt, and then some source of amino acids. I actually think that you could use pollen because that's also a source of amino acids, isn't it? So that's what I do. My, my sleep tonic, it's like a base of chamomile tea. I put a scoop of collagen in. I'll usually use our superfood honey. So I don't always use that at night because the royal jelly can be a little bit stimulating, but sometimes I'll use that one. Other times I'll use you know, just a raw, just a raw honey. Sometimes I like pour in some of our cough syrup because our cough syrup has a bunch of different immune supporting benefits and then a buckwheat honey base um, and then some pollen. And, and that's what I drink before bed every night. Yeah. I forgot you guys had a cough syrup. You, you still have the uh, cough drops too, right? Oh yeah. I yeah. love those. The lozenges. That's oh, been man. like the uh, ginger lemon ones first trimester. Anyone who's like going through it and nauseous all the time. Yeah, those help. <laughs> like my my wife loves those things. I have them in my bedside drawer, and she's up. We will go to bed. She's like, "Can I have one of those cough drops?" And I'm over. Now, the uh, the other thing that's interesting here is that I think you can change the flavor of the honey. I'm gonna act like I know what I'm talking about here by what the bees are are uh, engaged with in their environment and harvesting. Mm -hmm. And I know Absolutely. this. I, I got a shipment. It wasn't from you guys. It's from some company in Greece, and they sent me like mountain fir honey and thyme honey and all the, and, and they had an oak mm -hmm. honey. The honeys were different colors and different flavors based on the bees environment. And then I noticed, and I haven't even tried it yet, but I noticed that you guys have a buckwheat honey, which is different mm -hmm. than the superfood honey. So how's that actually yeah. work? And, and what's the deal with the buckwheat honey? So buckwheat honey, it's just a honey varietal where they're pollinating mostly buckwheat plants. And just so everyone knows for us, we, we need, mo we need, um, wildflowers. So like we, we can't do monocropping. We won't work with someone who monocrops. So anyone who has a specialty crop, like when we do buckwheat honey, it's someone who does have mostly buckwheat plants, but they do, um, they create biodiversity through margin planting. So in the margins of their crops, 30% are wildflowers. So that, that way we get that diversity in there, but we can still get the specific buckwheat honey, but buckwheat honey is really cool. It's the reason it's the base for all of our cough syrups and we have a daytime, nighttime, kids daytime, nighttime is because there was a really cool study a few years back looking at specifically buckwheat honey, which, you know, the bees are pollinating the buckwheat plant. And it was comparing it to dextromethorphan, which is the active ingredient in pretty much all over the counter cough syrups. And it was looking at upper pediatric respiratory infections. And it found that buckwheat honey was just as effective as dextro for upper pediatric respiratory infections. So when I read that study, I was like, okay, why would you give a kid dextro with orphan if buckwheat honey is just as good? Yeah. Um, so that was kind of the catalyst for our cough syrup. But to speak more about buckwheat honey, buckwheat honey is a really cool type of honey. There's been a lot of testing done for different honey varietals and buckwheat honey, which tends to be darker, a little bit of more of an earthier taste it has one of the highest antioxidant counts. So it has different nutritional properties. And I always tell our customers, going back to the whole no monocropping with beekeepers naturals, you get some variants. Like our pollen, it's really cool. Certain times of year, we'll get like some purple granules in there. It depends what's in yeah. bloom in these yeah. wildflower apiaries. I've and so that. there's always, you know, very slight variants because we're working with 
because we're working with apiaries that have the biodiversity, so there's a lot of different plants, it's not like wild variants, but it is really cool. You get to see that seasonally, the changes are just based on what's growing. And is it important at all? Because, for example, I've noticed that Whole Foods, they have a lot of their pollen, I think, in the refrigerated section. Is it important to keep any of the pollen or the propolis or the royal jelly cold? So royal jelly, propolis... Um, if you're getting a raw royal jelly, you want to keep it cold. But if it's in our superfood honey, honey's the natural preservation. So the thing that I like about that superfood honey, you're, you're replicating something that happens naturally in the hive, something called bee bread. So bee bread, a lot of the young bees will eat that. And it's this natural, it's not, it naturally is created with the comb. Um, and the bees, like in this comb, they have royal jelly, propolis, pollen, and honey. And so I really wanted to make a product that was bee bread. Um, but bee bread is like a very nutritive food. It's it's kind of like, think of the newborn baby bees coming off their breast milk. They come off their royal jelly and then they're eating honey and pollen, but they're eating a lot of bee bread. It's incredibly nourishing. So I wanted to make a bee bread product. Harvesting bee bread is just not sustainable. It's just mm. not, you cannot do it in a way that doesn't affect the bee's own supply. And so I kind of like recreated bee bread with the superfood honey because it's the raw honey and then it's got the royal jelly, the pollen, the propolis. So that one oh. totally preserved. We're replicating a naturally occurring, well, not naturally, well, bees are creating it, but a natural substance, a natural um, food substance found in the hive. If you have just the royal jelly on its own, though, that you will want to keep cold. And then pollen. So the hive gets really hot, really, really hot. All of these things are totally fine. But to help, help your pollen really have freshness, it's totally fine before you've opened it. Once you've opened it, you want to stick it in the fridge or freezer. And then fridge or freezer, it's like preference. But you want to keep it a little bit cold once you've opened the jar. Before you've opened the jar, it's no problem. And that's not the same for everyone's pollen. For our pollen, our pollen's raw. So I just encourage people to do that. But, you know, when I'm traveling, I keep my pollen out of the fridge for long periods of time. And it's also totally fine because the heat inside the hive, and this goes back to your baking question, it can get really hot in the hive. The bees will heat the hive in the wow. winter, in the summer, it gets incredibly, it gets so hot in the hive in the summer that the bees will do something called bearding, which you might see if you, you know, are at an apiary during the summer, the bees will have to actually get out of the hive because it's so damn hot and they cover the outside of the hive box like a beard. So they're just like wow. all congregated together. But all their products are still in that hive. And they're going back in there and eating them and still getting all the nourishing effects. So, yeah, that's a good know, point. These products okay. are, are heat resistant. It's just about kind of like freshness and preference. Yeah, I suppose I wasn't lazy. I could probably just put the honey on the uh, on the fish after it's finished and still get the same flavor. Because I just do it for the flavor, not necessarily the heating caramelization effect. The bee bread you're, is super interesting. You're still interesting. getting so many benefits, yeah. though. I, yeah. I really wouldn't, wouldn't worry about that. Have you ever actually tasted bee bread? I have. Yeah, it's delicious. It's really delicious. Oh. And it's after you eat it, it's kind of like you're chewing on the wax. So it's like gum and you kind of have to like spit out the wax at the end. But it tastes like our, it tastes exactly like our superfood honey. Like I 100% made that product based on bee bread. Oh, and man. bee bread's really popular in Eastern Europe. Like you see it. In Eastern Europe, it's like, you know, you go to the naturopath and they, they give you bee bread. No kidding. Wow. Okay. Really well, cool. next time I'm in Poland shooting vodka, I'll, I'll ask for some bee bread. My <laughs> Now, the uh, the other thing you could do, I would imagine, is just uh, like I do, 
take some of that wonderful superfood honey and smear it all over some sourdough bread that's been toasted and sprinkle oh, a little sea yes. salt on top of that. I know that's not bee bread, but that's damn good bread, Carly. That is delicious. Oh my God. A little grass fed butter. Right. Again, sprinkle some pollen. Yeah. The best. Yeah. Wow. Well, you're making me hungry. I'm definitely gonna be having honey now, not just with dinner, but with lunch. You guys have so many cool products. I think when I first met you, all you had was the honey. And you know, I had we, the honey and the propolis spray. That was okay. it. Yeah, that's right. The propolis throat spray, which is mm -hmm. always in my fanny pack. And uh, now you have so many other products. It's been really cool to see your guys' journey. I love your commitment to the environment, to the health of the bees, to sustainability, to the cleanliness of the product. And so I definitely vouch for Beekeepers Naturals, you guys, if you're listening in. Uh, Carly has actually a, a meeting she's got to go over to. So I'm going to let her go. But hopefully I've kind of uh, gotten you curious about honey, propolis, royal jelly, pollen, and all these other cool things you can make with uh, the superfoods from the bees. So I will put all of this in the show notes if you go to bengreenfieldlife.com slash beekeeperpodcast. That's bengreenfieldlife.com slash beekeeperpodcast. You can read more about Carly's story. You can check out all their cool products. I, I know we have a discount code. I don't have it memorized, but I'll hunt it down and put it in there as well. And um, Carly, thanks so much for coming on the show. I've been looking forward to this one for a while, and now I know even more about these products I'm sprinkling on everything every day. So thank you. Thank you for having me, Ben. All right, folks. Well, I'm Ben Greenfield, along with Carly Kramer from Beekeepers Naturals, signing out from bengreenfieldlife.com slash beekeeperpodcast. Have a fantastic week. More than ever these days, people like you and me need a fresh, entertaining, well-informed, and often outside-the-box approach to discovering the health and happiness and hope that we all crave. So I hope I've been able to do that for you on this episode today. And if you liked it, or if you love what I'm up to, then please leave me a review on your preferred podcast listening channel, wherever that might be. And just find the Ben Greenfield Life episode. Say something nice. Thanks so much. It means a lot. In compliance with the FTC guidelines, please assume the following about links and posts on this site. Most of the links going to products are often affiliate links, of which I receive a small commission from sales of certain items. But the price is the same for you, and sometimes I even get to share a unique and somewhat significant discount with you. In some cases, I might also be an investor in a company I mention. I'm the founder, for example, of Keon LLC, the makers of Keon branded supplements and products, which I talk about quite a bit. Regardless of the relationship, if I post or talk about an affiliate link to a product, it is indeed something I personally use, support, and with full authenticity and transparency, recommend in good conscience. I personally vet each and every product that I talk about. My first priority is providing valuable information and resources to you that help you positively optimize your mind, body, and spirit. And I'll only ever link to products or resources, affiliate or otherwise, that fit within this purpose. So there's your fancy legal disclaimer.